Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name's Adam Duckworth. I'm a lead communicator here. I would like to just apologize in advance. I have a severe bronchial infection. Um, so I have a bottle, a bottle of water with me that I'll be kind of taking throughout the morning. That is a little bit um, different for me. I generally don't need that when I speak, but I have a severe bronchial infection, so bear with me this morning. In fact, when I took a sip last service, it really helped, which was exciting for me because it was getting really brutal. We are going to kick off our storytelling series today for the next four weeks. And what we're doing is we're taking a look for the next four weeks at parables told by Jesus. And I'm going to talk about that and what that means in just a few minutes. But I wanted to start out with kind of a thought that I would share with you this morning or something that you might get to know about me that you may not have known about me before. Now, here at Downtown Harbor, we're very clear. This is not about me. This is about what we are all doing together, but I like to give you from time to time a glimpse into my life so that you might see a little bit of why I might say some of the things that I do. It just might give you a little bit of perspective. So I want you to know about me that I have been a collector forever. And you might ask me, what do you collect? Everything. You name it, I've collected it. When I was a kid, I collected books. As I kind of got older, I started to collect pogs. Does anybody remember pogs? Okay, they were these little things with slammers that you would like get. And I don't even know what you did with them, but like I had like five or six like tubes of these pogs and they were just ridiculous. And then I started collecting Hard Rock Cafe pins. Okay, now you might think there are pins that they sell at the Hard Rock Cafes? Yes, all over the world for $14.95 a piece, and I had hundreds of them, okay? And then I transitioned to collecting Disney things in my life. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge Disney fan, and I love Disney stuff, and sure enough, I started collecting Disney things, and I even brought a picture of what my room looked like that had Disney things in it. This was one wall of it, and this is not a joke. This was what my second bedroom in my apartment looked like. My wife is indeed a saint. Let's like classify that right now, okay? Subsequently, here's one of the things that I did. I ended up selling all of those things. I no longer have any collectibles because about 48 months ago, and I'm sorry, 24 months ago, two years ago, I started to realize what was I going to do with all this stuff, especially if we ever got a house, what was I going to do with all this junk that I've collected? So I started to sell all of it. In fact, furthermore, I spent a lot of time on this. This just wasn't something that I necessarily had in a room. I spent time and money and energy. You might even say, like, I built some of my life upon these things. And here's the deal. At the end of the day, this meant nothing. It's all gone. It's history. It doesn't matter anymore. Why do I tell you that story about my habit as a collector. I tell you that story because today we're going to talk about the ways that we build our lives and what we build our lives on and the things that matter and the things that don't matter in our life. And today's story is a simple story. Today's story that we're going to look at is so simple that I actually this week as I was planning this message started to think about how could we make this more complex? What could we do? But at the end of the day, it's just really that simple. Because for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about this word called parables. And parables are these things that Jesus told that were stories, but these stories weren't true. They didn't actually happen. And it's really important for us to understand the distinction between a parable and an actual historical story. Because these parables that I'm going to tell you guys in the next four weeks were just what Jesus told people who were listening to him, but they weren't true. It's important for us to understand that because so many people 
think that these things actually happened, and they did not. They are made up. They are fiction, but their point is so powerful and so meaningful that they actually have sometimes more of an impact than stories that actually did happen. All of you throughout your life have heard stories. You've heard stories before. In fact, stories are something that every one of us have heard in our life, whether we even know it or not. And see, why I love stories so much is because stories are these things that kind of encompass people. It encompasses people and it encompasses their journey. And when we take a look at stories, whether they're real stories or fictional stories, stories are one of those things that just allow us to get a different idea of what people went through. It gives us an idea of their journey it gives us an idea of where they've been and where they want to go and we might even learn from them a little differently than we may have before we heard them when i was a kid i read my very first novel probably when i was seven okay and i started to go through this novel and it enthralled me and some of you probably have a memory of the first story you ever read as a kid here was mine it was the boxcar children I don't know if some of you have read that before, but it brings back just a lot of memories in my life because this is the first story I ever, ever read about these four orphan kids who lived in a train, in a car, and how they kind of got back on their feet and they got back to life. And what this story does for me and what it did for me is it brings me back in memories. It brings me back to when I was a kid and I remember all of these things that I heard and read and worked through that helped shape my life. And if you think about it, there are probably stories in your life that you read when you were a kid, or maybe even stories that you've read when you were an adult that helped shape your perspective on life, because I believe that stories shape perspective. I believe that stories, when we hear them or see them or listen to them or engage with them, do something different for us. I believe that stories help shape perspective. And here's what else I believe about stories, which is so cool. I believe stories allow us to look at things differently than we ever have before. Stories give us insight into people's lives and people's journey that we may have never seen or experienced before. I also love movies. I don't know if you like movies, but I love movies. And one of the greatest stories that I heard told or I saw told on the screen that gave me perspective into someone's journey in the past five years or so was the movie The Help. I don't know if you ever got to see that, but it shaped my perspective about an era that I didn't understand, that I didn't get. I had no knowledge or context of, and everything in that story wasn't true. But what it did for me was really cool because it helped me gain perspective of a different people's journey here in life. And why I love stories so much is because I'm not the one standing up here telling you that stories are important just because I like them. I'm standing up here telling you that stories are important because Jesus told stories. I'm standing up here telling you that Jesus told stories to prove a point and to give the people who were listening to them a different perspective. So with all that to say, that kind of sets the stage for where we're going to go today. Because there's a story today that we're going to look at what he said. And he said some things to us about how we will build our foundation. And I'm going to read it to you. It's not long. In fact, I wish it was more complicated, but it's so simple. And if we just listen to it, our lives might be different and transformed because of this story. So here it is. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. If you have scriptures with you or you want to turn to it on your mobile device, feel free to do that. If not, it will be available on all of our screens. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is Jesus. That's what he said. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is, what is this? Wise. 
We talked about wisdom a couple of weeks ago when we were in our series, What Was I Thinking? Anyone who follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse. It is built on bedrock because it is built on bedrock. Going on, it says, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is what? Foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So there's a couple of things in this story that I just want to call to your attention. Number one, there's a house. There's someone who is building a physical home, a place where they will live, they will dwell, their family will be, and the person has a choice of whether to build the house on sand or on a rock. And Jesus said that the person who builds the house on solid rock will not fall when the storms come. But while we're talking about houses and while we're talking about that house being built, it's important for us to understand what this is really about. It's important for us to understand what this parable is actually telling us. And here's the first point I want to make. This parable isn't about houses. It's about your life. This parable is not about a house, even though the house is used as an example for each and every one of our lives. And our lives are represented by this house. And the guy in the parable has a choice whether to build his house on sand or build his house on solid rock. And that is a representation for how we will build our lives. Will we build our lives on sand or will we build our lives on a rock? What does that mean? Allow me to divulge. Sand. If you are like me, you hate sand. I don't know, if, I've never met someone who loves sand, but like, I am convinced that whoever like manufactured Fort Lauderdale Beach, and we know like God, the creator of all things, but whoever like, you know, doctored that up, like is in cahoots with the owner of the majestic car wash on Federal Highway. And the reason is, is because you can never get into your car after going to the beach and not have to go to the car wash with the vacuum and stuff afterward. It just does not happen. Not to mention, if you've been to the beach recently and you lay in the sun or you're even out in the sun, you know your skin gets a little sticky and sweaty, and then you kind of touch the sand and it is impossible to remove it from your body. Like, did you ever see that Seinfeld episode where Kramer went to the beach to hit golf balls into the ocean and one ended up in a whale's blowhole? That's not the funniest thing about the, the whole episode. The funniest thing was he couldn't get sand out of his hair or clothes for like ever because it's everywhere. It's a pain. Furthermore, if you've ever picked it up, you know it falls right through your fingers. It's extremely weak. It doesn't compact well without support like water. And sure enough, as it's falling through your fingers, you understand that this can't support anything. This is a substance. This is a material that was created when the earth was created that is extremely weak and does not support anything that could be built on it. You know this if you've tried to build a sandcastle. Because is there anything more brutal than attempting to build a sandcastle without the proper materials? No, it can't be done. Why? Because sand is weak. It falls through your fingers. It's not meant to sustain anything. But sand... In this parable, it's just a representation of what the weak things are in our life. See, if we tried to build a physical house upon sand, it would never last. It would never stay up. And sand represented in our lives represents things that we attempt to build our life on, that if we attempt to build our life on it, our life will never stand up. And when the storms come, 
our life will crash. So what are a couple of those practical things that we try to build our lives on that at the end of the day won't stand up when the storms come? Here's the first one, money. A lot of times we try to build our lives around money because we think if we have enough money that we won't have problems and maybe we'll be emotionally ready and stable then. But if we have money, then maybe the things that we care so much about won't matter anymore and we won't you know, engage with people because money is just something that we're going to try to build our life upon. It will never work if you try to build your life upon money. Money is an example of sand in our modern world. What about this one? Substances. A lot of times we think we can just medicate ourselves away from the problems or we can drink or do drugs or take pills or whatever the case is that substances will kind of clear our mind away from the things and if we try to build our life upon this it will never last why because the buzz the high goes away substances don't work they're sand in our lives there's another one jobs so often we go to school and we spend so much time of our, you know, of, of our lives and so much money that we have to try to go to a post-secondary education and to get a job. And we spend so many hours and months getting there. And then we get the job that we finally want and we realize this is just another thing in my life that will fade away with time. Someone will have your job someday that you are where you're at. You won't be in that job forever. These things fade away and finally image. We want people to think a certain way about us. We want people to view us a certain way, and we feel like when we get the approval of many, or maybe even just a few, that our lives will be different. So we try to build our lives upon money and substances and jobs and image, but really at the end of the day, when we build our lives upon these things, much like, this is just a small example, but much like when I tried to build my life upon things that I collected, I was into those, those were so cool. But when you do that and when you do these things, at the end of the day, you end up with nothing. All of these things will go away. They will never last. We end up building our houses on sand and we end up with nothing. And what I love so much about this story, this fictional tale that Jesus told, was that it transcends time. Because in his day and age, a couple of thousand years ago, the sands were different. They might not have been all of these things, but the people in those times had their own struggles that they were trying to build their lives upon. And Jesus told them, if you build your life upon these things, it will never last. And what's so great about it is that it transcended time to us today, to our sands, and it will transcend time again years later. The things will never last. That's why I love this parable so much. But let's talk about good things now. Let's talk about rock. If you're going to build your house, your life upon a rock, what are you going to build your life upon? If those are the things that we don't want to build our life upon, what would we build our life upon? Well, it's a very simple thing, and I told you this, that I wish this was more complex than it is, but it's so simple. Here's what we want to build our life upon, God. We want to build our life upon God. We know we can trust him. We know there is a creator of the universe who loves us and cares for us. And he manifested himself here on earth into the form of Jesus, who was the only human incarnation of God here on the earth. And he gave us the example for how we should live. So we want to build our life upon God. And then secondly, we want to build our life upon people. So of all those things I said were sand, we know what the rock is. The rock that we build our life upon is God and it's other people. 
And we've been hearing at Downtown Harbor Church since we launched this, that we were here to understand what Jesus said was the most important thing, to love God by what? Loving our neighbors as ourselves. And when you love your neighbor as yourself, you begin to develop relationships. You begin to develop bonds with people. And sure enough, when the storms come in your life, if you have God and you have people, your house is built on that solid rock. But let's go back to what the scripture says real quick, because it's so important for us to understand this. Because a lot of people say, I'm good. I got this. I'm in. My life's pretty decent. Not a lot of stuff going on. Look further. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds his house on sand. When, not if. This is pretty clear. When, not if. The rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Here's something that I think everybody in the room can understand and realize. And by the way, this is not a doom and gloom kind of thing. I want life to be great. So do you. Life needs to be celebrated and good. We are alive. We have so much to be thankful for and to celebrate. But here's something that I know and that we all need to understand. Storms are coming to your life. They're coming. Whether you like it or not, they're a brewing, they're going to be on your doorstep, and they are coming to your life. Now, for some of us, the storms are really small. Your DVR did not record the 8 o'clock show that it was supposed to. And like, why does that make us so insane when that happens, right? Because like, I set this stupid thing to record Survivor at Wednesday night at 8 p.m., and yes, I am one of the 15 people in America who still watches that show. No shame, no matter how much John Garippa makes fun of me. Does not matter, right? Some of our storms are really small, but some are big. Maybe you've experienced divorce, or someone you know has experienced divorce. And it's not you, but it affects you. Maybe, maybe someone you know has a disease, and they're not getting better. Maybe you have a disease. Maybe someone died. And storms are coming. And they're here. And they're present. And they're alive. And they could be big or they could be small. I don't know what it is for you, but you do. And that's okay right where you're at. Because here's what we have to realize. Storms are coming to our life. So we want to make sure our foundation is solid. So when the storm comes, you won't crumble. I don't know about you, but there are a number of people in my life who I know can't handle storms. They crumble. They collapse. They don't think that they're going to make it when a storm comes, whether it's big, medium, or small. And you want to know what's true about all the people that I know when a storm comes? Their foundation is not solid. Their foundation is built on sand and not rock. And rock is so important because rock talks about God and it talks about people. And I want to tell you a couple of things that I know about God and people. And they're just very few things, just a few things. I know that God will never leave me. And here's why I know this. Because God sent Jesus, his son, to earth. And Jesus was the only person in history to predict 
his own death verbally and his own resurrection verbally, and he was right. Therefore, I'm with him. And this is what he said before he died. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all these commands I have given you. And who these new disciples are? Us. People who listened to his teaching 2,000 years later. Obey those commands that I've given you. And you know what the number one was? Love your neighbor as yourself. That was most important. And then he said this, and this is why I know he's there and not leaving. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then his prediction about his own death and resurrection came true, which means I'm in. I believe it. And let me tell you a couple of things that I know about people. And there are very, very few, but people are kind of so important to what we do. So we have God and we have people. And then we want to make sure our foundation is solid so when the storm comes, you won't crumble. But if we're going to base that on people, what does that look like? Because people disappoint us. People, you know, get in our face and it's not always good. How does that happen? How do we base it on people? What should we do? Just a couple of tips, a couple of people that you should have in your life for when the storm comes. Here's the first one, family. Hold your family close. They're important. We have talked a lot about family at Downtown Harbor Church. We have talked so much about these people who are not in our life by choice, which is so interesting because these relationships, which are sometimes the most complicated relationships, are not there by choice. They're there because of family history and blood. But I'll tell you this, when, storm com when the storm comes, no one's like your blood. No one's going to have your back like your family will. And throughout my history of my family, just to share a personal story, my relationship with my mom hasn't always been the best. It's great now, but my mom and my dad split up after being married for 25 years. You guys have heard me say that before. My relationship with my mom always wasn't the best. But I'll tell you this, when the storm comes, she's one of the first people that I call because I know she's blood. And I had to restore that relationship with her so that relationship could be rebuilt so that we could experience that. Family's so important. Here's the second group of people that you need to depend on. It's your friends. You need friends. You need somebody to talk to. Even if you're an introvert and you like to be alone, because I like to be alone sometimes, you need people to bounce stuff off of. You need people who are going to engage with you and come over to your house and have a cup of coffee and go out to dinner. No matter how bad it gets, they're always going to be there. When you build your life around God and people and family and friends, it works. Now, the third one is so interesting. And people started to chuckle when they heard this in the first service, our volunteers. And when I first was bouncing this off, people, as I wrote this content, they were like, what does that mean? But it's so, so true. And it's this. You need a lightning rod. What is that? Like a physical lightning rod? No, that might be dangerous. But you need someone in your life who's there, who you can dump on, and you can puke on, and you can tell whatever you want to tell them, and you know what they'll do? They'll ground it. Because all of us need people in our lives who we can talk to. Because there's sometimes a lot of bad stuff, storms that go on. And I started doing this a couple of years ago, call it seven years ago, I started to develop a lightning rod in my life. Somebody who I can call, and no matter what I'm dealing with, you know what the person does? They just ground it. 
Because sometimes we just need to talk and we need to say something. And furthermore, why lightning rods shouldn't be family or close friends who interact with you all the time is because sometimes it's about your family and close friends. But you need somebody in your life. Mine's a buddy on the phone who I can just call. He's in Indiana. Whatever I tell him just grounds it. Another tip about your lightning rod? It shouldn't be your spouse. Because what if your lightning rod hears something about something going on at work? And there is somebody who's really made you mad. And you have a story that is really brutal. And you tell your spouse, your lightning rod, about it. And then he or she has to go to the company Christmas party. How do you think that works? Not well. Family, friends, lightning rods. God and people. When you build your life around God and people, you are building your house, your life, on solid rock. Make sure your foundation is solid so when the storms come, you won't crumble. You know, after the first service, I was talking to people in the lobby, and there was emotion just because people were dealing with this and talking about storms, and it was just really cool. But all of us have storms. Small, medium, huge. I don't want to crumble. I have a life that's worth living, and here's the truth, so do you. And your future is bright. This world is going to be changed by what you do in it. Don't crumble. Storms are coming. Make sure your foundation is solid. Because I want to see you win. You should want to see yourself win. You don't want to see yourself fall down and crumble.